35 and it's been titled On the Road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. It is true, the Lord has risen, the word of God. Alrighty. Before we start this morning, I want to uh, do two things. The first one is really easy. Um, I'm just going to take a selfie of us, okay? 
So those on that side, squish in. Squi I'll step a couple a bit more. All right, let's do that. Everyone smile. I see you not smiling back there. All right. Uh, the second thing is uh, to warn you. I've told you before, right, that I'm afraid of quicksand, like definitely afraid of it. I thought it was going to be a big thing in my life. Um, I've had quicksand moments where things just feel like they're just cascading and you're sinking further and further in, right? Now, when I feel like that, I revert to really lame jokes, okay? So if I start rambling on with lame jokes, you know I'm feeling it, okay? All right. Welcome to Barbara's life. Oof. All right. So <laughs> you knew what you were in for when you said yes. All right. So we would like to welcome our live stream viewers in this morning, and I'm thankful for all of you who have joined us today, be it in person or via that live stream. My prayer and my hope has always been that as we meet together, that we might be drawn deeper in our relationship with God, our Father. So today is the day, huh? A day where we say goodbye where our paths separate into two different journeys heading in the same direction. I've noticed something in my past 20-ish years of being in ministry, is that as you go along the faith journey, there are some people, there are some times and there are some places that are in your life for a season. They're a blessing some are a challenge, but they all help us. So as I was preparing this week, in amongst tears and angst and what do you say, we came to this passage, a passage of a journey. And I thought it's an excellent passage to end on. See, this isn't just a passage about a physical journey. This is a passage about a spiritual one as well. It's not just the fact that the disciples are going from one location to another. It's the fact that they have gone from not seeing to fully understanding. So this morning we have one of the most vivid and insightful accounts of our Lord's appearance after his resurrection. It's called the Emmaus Road. Now, Luke is one of, well, it's the only gospel that includes this story. And I love this account because it reveals a little bit about who we are and how Jesus can open our eyes and see who he is. It's Jesus who allows us to come to know him. As I said earlier, the, the journey to Emmaus is both literal and spiritual. On one hand, it, it simply recounts the story of two disciples who, after the crucifixion and the, the unknown resurrection of the Lord, they are walking 11 kilometres from Jerusalem to a village of Emmaus. But there's this amazing bit, right? As they're walking along, a person joins them and they do not recognise who it is. 
I'm like, if I'd spent time with you, like three years, let alone eight or however long, and we started walking together, and if you didn't recognize me, I'd be a little bit insulted, right? Like, it hasn't been years, I'm talking it's been hours, and they don't recognize who this is. Scripture says that he concealed himself from them. It's an interesting passage. And as these disciples walk with Jesus, there is witnessing that is involved. More of that discipleship stuff that we've talked about so often here. And as Jesus gives witness to these things, he points constantly to the fact that the Messiah is here. And that's what I've wanted to do over the past eight years here. I wanted to be someone who simply points towards Christ's reconciliation. Christ has done it all. The importance of that moment. We can debate and discuss everything else, but the the history-changing life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. This morning, I want you to notice five things from this passage as they travel. The first thing to notice is that Jesus joins these two as they are walking from that place. I want you to notice that because in this passage, what it tells us is that Jesus sought out these disciples. It's a picture of the Messiah who not only came down to earth to reconcile us to God, but also a picture of God meeting people along their journey. It's a reminder that God desires us as much as we desire him. And at this time, I want to remind you that Jesus walks with each of us. Jesus walks in times of uncertainty. Jesus walks with us into new realities and new beginnings. Jesus meets us along the journey. The second thing I want you to notice here, we talked about it a little bit before, I gave you a hint, it's that they did not recognise Jesus. It was like their eyes were closed. And as we said, three years they've been hanging around Jesus and they've learnt a lot. They witnessed amazing things, right? They had seen Jesus perform miracles and do great teachings and like, even raise people from the dead. They had been witnesses to what had been happening over the past few hours, few, the few days ago when Jesus was arrested, They had heard, no doubt, on many occasions, the things that Jesus himself had testified to about himself. Yet they weren't able to recognise him along that road. So there could be a few reasons for this, right? Maybe we could just lean on the old, um, God didn't want them to recognise him. 
That's what the original language conveys in this passage, that they were kept from recognising him because God had some sort of greater purpose. One writer I looked at this week said, you know, when God does this, he doesn't do it to be cruel, yeah, like it's not like he's deliberately hiding, but rather he's using this as a, as a point to launch off the disciples. His gradual revelation of himself teaches them specific lessons about God's truths. It's another picture of the disciples being told about these events and hadn't yet believed. Maybe, maybe they didn't recognise Jesus because they had a preconceived idea of who Jesus was. One of the things that they, they crucified him for wasn't, was because he wasn't that like, warrior king that they wanted. He didn't raise up an army and overthrow Rome. He didn't turn out like they thought he would. I mean, he had just been sentenced to death. He just died one of the most horrible and horrific ways possible. So maybe, maybe they refused to see that it was Jesus because they had dismissed the whole thing as a mere failure. Maybe they thought, maybe we put hope in the wrong thing. Maybe we trust someone who was so close to being it but wasn't. And what I love about this idea and that that. that What I love about that whole idea is that we're not always privy to God's plans. Things sometimes don't turn out the way that we expect. And it's a reminder that instead of giving up and admitting defeat, perhaps it would be wise to take a moment and to try and see things differently. To see that God is up to something that we simply do not understand. Maybe the disciples didn't recognise Jesus on that road because they had little faith. Maybe they sat there and looked at each other and said, man, this dude, he looks just like Jesus, but we know what's happened to him, right? He died. He was buried. Now, the women have told us his body's missing, but that's not what bodies do, right? People just don't get up after they die and walk out unless you're in a really bad B-grade zombie movie. They'd heard the stories of the empty tombs and yet they didn't believe. Maybe their faith wasn't big enough to see the supernatural workings of God to raise Jesus from the dead. Maybe that was outside of possibility in their mind. And they never really seriously considered who Jesus was. We always need to be careful, my friends, not to make the same mistake, to discount what God has done or is doing simply because we cannot explain it or understand it. 
God is and has a way of using things to accomplish what he wants. Even if it doesn't seem like it's the way that we would do it. He does things that we can neither explain nor understand. These two disciples walking on the road, talking to this guy, they knew something big had happened, but it was beyond their level of faith to see things as they were. And this is another reminder for us. Just because we can know about Jesus doesn't mean that we know him. Just because they could see him doesn't mean they could see who he is, who he was. In our world today, we have many people who say that they know who Jesus is. They may have heard about him, read about him. They may use his name in good ways and in bad. Maybe they even stand up and claim to know him. But I wonder how many would really recognize him if, he, if they saw him face to face. I wonder how many of them had not had their eyes opened. Knowing about him and knowing him, my friends, are two different things. Third thing to notice in this passage is it's Jesus who opens their eyes. It's the work of the Spirit in their life that, has, that allows them to see and allows us to see. Verse 27 says, uh, Then beginning with Moses, from all the prophets, Jesus interpreted them for these things concerning himself in all the Scriptures. Man, wouldn't you love to know the exact content of Jesus' sermon there. We don't know the specific passages he used, but we know that he's used Scripture to allow people to understand who he was. He used the Old Testament to point to the fact that this Messiah was here to fulfill those prophecies. Maybe, maybe Jesus started in Genesis. Right? Maybe he said, you know, when God cursed the serpent saying, I'll put hostility between you and the woman and your, between your seed and hers and he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Now, this isn't saying we should kill all the snakes. This is a reference between the battle of good and evil. Maybe then he jumps to Deuteronomy 18.15 and says, And the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet from among you, your own brothers. And you, you must listen to him. Maybe he jumps to Isaiah 7.14, where God says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and have a son and name him Emmanuel. Maybe, maybe he kept on with the Isaiah thing and he talked about 53.3. He was despised, rejected by men. A man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like one people turned away from. He was despised and we did not value him. 
Perhaps we, we move into 53.7 then. He was oppressed and afflicted, and yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep silent before his shearers, he did not open his mouth. And we saw that, right? The questioning and the trials, the suffering that he went through. Maybe, maybe he then went, oh, listen to Zechariah. Zechariah, you can find it in your, your manuscripts under chapter 12, verse 10. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the house of David and the residents of Jerusalem, and they will look at me who they pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weeps bitterly for him as one weeps for for his spawn. We know that Jesus walks these disciples through this story, through this account. He shows how the, the Old Testament gave witness and backup to the things that he said when he was alive and that, he, that his death and his resurrection were part of that promise as well. Maybe Jesus sat with those two and explained why this prophet needed to die. That it wasn't just a prophet, but rather it was someone who was greater. Maybe God had simply left their eyes closed so Jesus could walk them through it one more time. What the scriptures said about him. So they would really understand why he came why he had to suffer, so they would know who he really is. Scripture gives testimony. Scripture Scripture gives us testimony of who Jesus is. And he still uses it today to open people's eyes. Many people will try and tell you who Jesus is. Some might say that he's one of many ways to reach heaven. Some will say he was a, a good man or a great prophet. Uh, you know, some might even say, look, Jesus was the first person to do really good TED Talks uh, that everyone listened to. Maybe some might even say Jesus was simply a rebel who defied Roman authorities. But if you really want to know him, if you really want to understand who he is, then read the scriptures. Don't just look at the accounts. Look at Jesus' character. That's the thing we point people to, the character of Jesus. We point to Jesus because he did the thing that we could never do and that is set us right with our God. We read scriptures because it builds our faith and you come through faith and only through faith, I should say, you can come to Jesus. The truth of the scripture 
is that it's about Jesus. And that leads us to faith. So God prevented these two disciples from recognizing him. From recognizing Jesus to convey a profound truth. I don't know about you, but sometimes people have said to me over my time, you know, if God was real, then why doesn't he just, you know, come down on a cloud right now and show himself? I think this passage actually addresses this issue. See, even if we were to see him, we still might not believe. That's why scripture is important. It helps us to see. Romans 10.17 tells us that it's by hearing and it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The scripture tells us the truth about Jesus. The problem is that most people today don't pick up a Bible. They won't read it for themselves. They're not going to check it out from the library. They're not even going to buy it from a bookstore. They're not going to come to a building. If we want people to hear the message of Jesus, then we ourselves have to be like Jesus while pointing like Jesus. That we've got to have that same character, that same desire. We've got to try and walk and live like Jesus is right here amongst us. If we want people to hear, then you know what? We need to do like the disciples do, and we need to go and walk alongside those who are yet to fully know and fully understand. And that might take 11 kilometers of walking. It might take less. It might take more. But something is going to happen during that. If we come alongside someone genuinely, sincerely, and if we care for them the way Jesus cares for us, then Jesus will do something amazing. Like he did in verse 30. And it's the fourth thing I want you to notice, is that at the right time, Jesus is revealed for who he really is. As they sat down and had fellowship with Jesus, as they had the meal, as he broke the bread, suddenly he disclosed himself and they understood fully. Their eyes have been made open. He's been, he opened them up. Don't you find it absolutely fascinating that he's done it around the, the supper table, that like that last meal he had with his disciples? Actually, it's interesting because it doesn't actually say that Jesus ate with them. It talks about how he broke the bread and then disappeared. He's been walking for 11K. Well, I don't know if he's been walking for but He's been walking along with them, right? He would probably be hungry too. But what did Jesus say in the Last Supper? I tell you, I will not eat from the fruit of the vine or the bread until I eat it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. It's the table where he becomes alive for these disciples. It's probably the last place that we might expect it to happen. 
didn't happen in a synagogue. It happened in a home or an inn. Actually, if we take a moment and think about it, Jesus appears to those, those associates, his disciples, his followers, and it's usually around a table and fellowship. We have it here in Luke 24. There's a little bit more to come in 41 and 43. It gets picked up again on, in Acts. John 21.9 to 15, talks about how it's at this table moment when they're least expecting it that this intimacy of connection happens. Jesus reveals himself to us. His work in our lives needs to become more evident. His provision and protection should come into more focus. And just as soon as they recognize him, he disappears. That's a little bit of a tease, isn't it? I mean, they've been talking about him for a long time. They suddenly understand who he is and he disappears on them. One writer suggests that fellowship with him at that particular moment was not going to deepen their ability to see him for who he truly was. Rather, it was an invitation given to them to take up the challenge of his words. And the fifth thing that I want you to notice... When they recognised him, they couldn't help but point others in that direction. They couldn't help but share him. Jesus, as we have a relationship with him, as we need to grow deeper in our faith, Jesus moves us to share what we know about him. When our eyes are truly being opened, you'll want to tell others as well so that they might have their eyes open too. Let me, let me tell you how much this motivated them, right? As they were sitting there, Jesus has just disappeared. It's night, it's dark, it's scary. Um, they go, you know what? Didn't our hearts burn within us while he was speaking to us on the road? While he was explaining those scriptures to us? Their encounter with Jesus had been emotional. It stirred something inside of them. And what do they decide to do? They decide to go back to Jerusalem that very moment at night. Okay, maybe you're not getting this. Streetlights weren't invented. It was dark. Do you know why people go inside when it's dark? Because you can't see things coming to get you. You can't see predators, you can't see lions, you can't see tigers, you can't see... Be- no, that's a different movie, Daryl. Um, you can't see robbers. We tell stories of monsters in the dark because, you know... Bad things happened in the dark. But they're so moved by Jesus that they go out into the dark and walk back to Jerusalem. Not only that, man, you can get pretty lost pretty easily in the dark, right? 
that very hour, dark as it was, late as it was, as dangerous as the road was, they got up and left for Jerusalem. They had to go back and tell people that they had seen the risen Jesus. They witnessed that he had come again, that he was alive, that he had walked with them and talked with them, that he explained scripture to them and that he broke bread with them. When I was 18, I had this moment where I experienced Jesus in a really dark point in my life. And ever, ever since then, I've just wanted to do one thing. Point to him. I strongly believe that Jesus intervened in a point in my life where I was about to unalive myself, where he stepped in and said, I have a plan for you. I still believe he has a plan for me. Sometimes I wish he would give me the plan beforehand, but I know he's got a plan before me. When we have that real experience of the risen Saviour, we should be moved with similar emotion. Our legs should become restless. and We're going to want to go out and tell people, in, not in an aggressive, angry, hold up a sign saying, rah, 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 rah. no, we, but in a caring, come alongside way. We shouldn't be able to contain it. In John 20, 29, Jesus is speaking to uh, Thomas, you know, the one who said, unless I put my, my hands where he was pierced, I'm not going to believe. And he says, because you have seen me, you have believed, but those who have believed without seeing will be truly blessed more. So for me to finish up, I want to do what, I want to do that. I want to point to Jesus one last time. So let me ask you, do you know this risen Messiah this morning? Have your eyes been open or do you know about him? Do you know what he's done for you? Do you know that he and you have the ability to walk and talk together? That means do life together. Can you testify to his presence in your life, even at times when you cannot explain it? Has your experience with him, however long that may be, has it been honest? Have you moved? And has your life changed because of it? Because if that's the case, then go out of these doors wanting to tell people about him.
even if it involves stepping out into some really dark and scary places. Even if you don't know what comes next. What are you going to do with Jesus this morning? What will you do with Jesus going forward from here? Let those who have ears hear. Join with me in prayer. Father, our God, we thank you for what you have done. Lord, we thank you for this story of the disciples walking away from Jerusalem and you meeting them on the road. Father, we thank you that as we go in our journeys that you meet us at different points along the road. Father, we thank you for those on the journey with us who have encouraged us to deeper faith. Father, we pray, Lord, that this wouldn't just be a simple reminder, but this would be a real heart-changing moment that we might have our, and place our faith in you, even if we can't add it all up. Father, I pray for this church. I pray, Lord, that this church would be a place where people are going out, carrying your message that there is hope and there is reconciliation. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here going forward, that they would always remember to point to Jesus because you have done it all for us. So, Father, we ask as we go and as we walk along the road, together or on different paths, that you would walk with us wherever we may end up. Amen. All right, I'd like to invite the um, worship team to come and uh, lead us once more.